0: Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle All right. yeah. Let's go, baby, for to Let's go, baby Woo! Stripes, stripes, yeah. stripes, 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 in the night. In our veins, sparks gonna fly ooh, yeah. The beast is awake, orange, black, and white Cause when the jungle come alive, who day, day, we igniting Cincinnati, we gon' rise in <laughs> In the jungle, we unite Stripes <laughs> dripping orange and black and white Ooh day, when we fight, live and die in these stripes Wake up the beast, every grand day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash In the jungle, dripping I can strike the city streets. East side stand up. West side stand up. If you weapon who they? Time to put your hands up. Dingle stripes we in it. New day, new age, yeah we get it. Cincinnati jungle fitted. Who day in our house we win it. Orange and black and white we build it. Earn our stripes you know we kill it. Bleed our colors. We gon' rise and up In the jungle we unite and up Drippin' orange and black and white All day when we fight When and die and they Stripes. Uh, now who gotta move like it all? Now who wanna move like it all? Now who wanna move like If you got stripes Then you let the city know you rock them. Yeah we got em. yeah we follow Like that black and orange on Beast of beast and who ain't rockin' with the diamond stripes, flossin' on the rings, Cincinnati sees our queen.
1: What's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopoul, and as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the number four team, and we're going to the college football playoffs, University of Cincinnati, Bearcats. I'm very, very excited about this. Now, Do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,416 subscribers. That is awesome. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, please do so. Go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the bell for the subscription. Hit the button for the notifications. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, we're doing uh, Super Chats exclusively in the YouTube uh, chat crew. So if you want to support what I'm doing or make sure you're Uh, question gets uh read because we have Jim Kelly on today, the Bearcats radio broadcaster. Give me a super chat, I would greatly appreciate it. Now, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave, and the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, like I said, I have a very special guest today. He's former Bearcat, former player, he's a radio broadcaster. He's Jim Kelly. He's a great guy, and I love it that he gives me time to come on my show, so let's get to it. Here's Jim. Jim, what's going on, man?
2: Hey, Jeff. How are you? Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, thanks for coming on. I I really appreciate you giving me the time to do this, and this is a very, very exciting time to be a Bearcat fan. It's unbelievable. I I, like I told you before in the past, I've been going to to Bearcat games since Tim Murphy was the coach, and nobody went. I never in my wildest dreams ever thought that we we'd be two wins away <laughs> from a national championship one one win away from playing for. It. Now it's a big it's a big get. Let's be honest, Alabama is no joke. Yep. But hey, last year everybody said we couldn't hang with Georgia. We did.
2: That's correct, and I think going into the Georgia game last year. Everybody kind of looked at them the same way people are looking at Alabama right now. And that is that, uh, you know, wow, how are we going to hang with these guys? And you found out very quickly that you could, Um, you know, that being said, all four of these teams that made it to the college football playoffs, the semifinal games, the two semifinal games that we played on uh, on new year's Eve are really good football teams and the Bearcats are going to have to play their best, certainly to, to to take on the number one, uh, number one uh, seated Crimson Tide for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Now everybody that's in the chat crew, if you guys got any
1: questions for Jim about his uh, playing days, radio broadcasting days this year, just put them in the chat and I'll, I'll put them up for him. So just speaking of that, Jim, with you, with you being a Bearcat through and through, you played for the team, you've been a radio broadcast for broadcaster for him. I think you said since was it 89. Is that when you started again? Yeah. So
2: Uh, 88 was my first year. The coach at that time was a guy by the name of Dave Curry. Um, They were not very good that year. That was Dave Curry's last year. Um, And um, you had mentioned just briefly, Jeff, uh, Tim Murphy. Yes. And Tim Murphy took over in 1989. And I was there for uh, two years with Tim uh, before I took a small break in uh, 91, 92. I'm sorry, 92, 93, 94. And um, that was for a couple years of uh, Tim Murphy, last two years of Tim Murphy, and then one year of Rick Minner that I didn't do it. And then from 95 on, when uh, in Minner's second year, I've uh, been there through, you know, through Rick Minner, through Mark D'Antonio, through Brian Kelly, through Butch Jones, through Tommy Tuberville, and, and now Luke Fickle. So, um, and I played for two coaches. When I played 72 through 75, my freshman year was a guy by the name of Ray Callahan. And then uh, Tony Mason took over, and I was with Tony. And then I stayed on and coached a year as well in 1976 for, for uh, Tony Mason. So, seen a lot of coaches. And, and interesting, you bring up the Tim Murphy thing. Mike Bass, who used to write for the Enquirer, um, had a piece in the Enquirer today. Um, I don't know who he's writing for now, it, it was noted in there. But he went back to and actually just spoke to Tim Murphy previously and talked about the evolution of this program or at least since the you know the early 90s when when murph was there and how rough it was for tim murphy when he inherited the program from dave curry with uh, at that time there was probation and i think oh, he I had God. i'm gonna say that the article this morning said 49 scholarship players wow um, in those last couple of years and with that went two games that i called one what three games I'll, I'll name one was in um, tops it by far the 81 to nothing lost at Penn state in 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a game at West Virginia that, and, and I, the, the scores, it doesn't matter. It was <laughs> like 53 to three. Right. And then right. We, we did one at the orange ball as well. That was like 56 to three against uh, the hurricanes. And, and then Tim Murphy In 1993, ended up going eight and three Mm -hmm. and brought the program, kind of turned the corner, so to speak. And then he moved on to Harvard where he's still, believe it or not, he's still the head football coach. And from there, there was um, ups and downs, but more ups than downs. Um, and, you know, we've talked about Rick Minner before and the good years that he had and the not so good years that he had. And, of course, Mark D'Antonio, Brian Kelly, who's uh, been in the news here recently. Right. Well. So anyway, it's um, it's been a long journey. Um, it's been a fun journey for the most part. Not all great. But, uh, hey, you know, right now, um, all of that stuff that was 81 to nothing losses don't seem like anything right now as you're yeah. ready to go into the college football playoffs. It- it's it's unbelievable.
1: I, like I said, I I always I and this is one thing I've I've tried to tell everybody because because when we had the Brian Kelly years and we went to the Sugar Bowl and Orange Bowl, I was ecstatic. I'm like, this is this is unbelievable. And, and I feel that I myself personally did not enjoy it as as much as I should because it was gone. You know, and two years that Kelly left, and then then we never got to that again. And I I I told myself I'm going to enjoy this this year. I'm going to remember this year. And it, it, it win, lose, whatever. This has been the greatest uh season for Bear, Bearcat football ever. This Desmond Ritter is the third right now, the third winniest coach in college football history. I think if if he wins the next two games, I think he's gonna be tied for second with Colt McCoy, and he would actually go above him as far as winning percentage goes to be the second winniest uh quarterback in college football history. That's unbelievable, Jim. I, I mean, I never in my wildest dreams never thought a Bearcat would be would be that high in in, in history of college football. That's history. I mean, we're talking you know over hundred years.
2: Yeah, no, there, there's a lot of things that's un a lot of things that are unbelievable about this year. And I think you made a very good point. Is you're just going to enjoy it. Um, and as this year went on, and and the Bearcats wove their way through this schedule. Um, and all the stuff about style points and this and that, and I just kind of had to keep telling myself, just enjoy this. Right, right. You know, you've got a target on your back. You're going to get everybody's best game. Um, and the fact of the matter is, they go 13 and 0 um, after winning the the conference championship right. game against Houston. It's quite a remarkable feat. And then Jeff, to bring your point into it, what Desmond Ritter's been able to do. Um, is is absolutely unbelievable. He's you know the the forty some games, and and you're right. I think he could tie for second if he wins two more. Right. But regardless, if he doesn't, he's still um, third. <laughs> the record, yeah, the record's unbelievable. What but he has not lost a game at Nippert Stadium, and he started for four years. Right. We're, we're, he's undefeated for four years. We haven't lost a game yes. in
0: four
1: years. Yeah, that's where, that's where I keep telling people. I'm like, I don't care. What conference you're in, if you go back-to-back years undefeated in the regular season, you go four years at home without losing a game, you're pretty freaking good. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what conference you're in. That's hard to do.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, so Clemson is leading the country right now, and they've got five years in a row to give them credit where credit's due. And they had a little bit of a rough year. But they lost their games on the road. I think they they finished 9-3, and if I remember right. Right. Um, But um, that being said, um, what what this team has accomplished with all the pressure on them and to be able to perform the way they did week after week after week and to win these games um, in some places, particularly on the road, that were very very other teams really don't fare well there. Notre you know, Dame. Indiana ended up being down a little bit, but nobody wins at Notre Dame. Right. I'm telling you, East Carolina is yes. a horrible place to have to try to win a football game. <laughs> not not to mention, you know, even even places like South Florida, those teams are so much better on their home turf. So what these guys did is is absolutely remarkable. Um, You know, and I'm not putting anything past them. Yes, Alabama is very, very good Mm -hmm. in all phases. Um, But if you break it down and you look at what they did during the season, they had times when people moved the ball on them. They also had times when people stopped them. Now, if you go back uh, and look at the Georgia game that just took place, whatever, uh, you know, half a week ago or I guess almost a full week ago now, um, they just destroyed a very good Georgia team. So that just tells you on the other end, how good they are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, nobody's given Cincinnati, you know, a a puncher's chance right now. Everybody is, you know, oh, they're going to get beat by 20. They're going to get beat by 12 and even, you know, or or 15. And and even the lines, I think, gone up to 13 and a half, um, something like that. And not that, you know, not that I pay attention to that, but that just tells you the way the perception is. And, And the one thing we left out in all these accomplishments is that in a in a system that doesn't really favor the group of five teams, the smaller leagues, they were able to not only get up to that glass ceiling, they were able to break that glass ceiling and and break into these playoffs. And what that does is just opens it for people down the road, hopefully the Bearcats again. Um, But, you know, I look at what UCF did, you know, whatever, six, seven years ago when, when they did it they didn't get anywhere near this close but they got things started right, and right. Th- what the bearcats were able to do today uh, not today but this week this right. year um was break that ceiling and you know they're moving on to the big 12 and hopefully you know the power five stays intact and they get automatic bids even if it stays at four teams but what they were able to do really really helped college football this year i believe
1: Exactly. All right, let's get to some of the uh questions here. Uh Kip says, uh Jim, Rick Menner's coaching staff. Wow, the names are crazy good coaches. Do you have any stories of the coaching staff from Rick, from Rick Menner?
2: Well, yeah, I was there for all but one of those years and his staff was unbelievable. I don't know if you guys uh, watched the NFL this weekend, but Rex Ryan um who uh it, you know sits in one of the panels right, right. Uh, in the pregame show and halftime shows and things like that somehow the college football playoffs came and he goes yeah my bearcats are in <laughs> so it was great i mean it was yeah. absolutely great so yeah i mean if you look at the names you know john harbaugh was here almost 10 years under tim murphy um and rick minner mm-hmm, uh, went mm-hmm. on to philadelphia where he became the special teams coordinator and of course then went on to become the uh, the head coach uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, Mike Tomlin was here for a couple of years. Who's now the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach? So, how about this? Gino Geduldly had four offensive coordinators right. when he played quarterback here. Right. Two, two of those, two of those guys. Well, one of the Dave Baldwin. I don't know where Dave is now, but Jimbo Fisher was mm-hmm. one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Sam Pittman, who's the head coach at Arkansas now, was uh, was also on that staff that year. Um, it just goes on and on and on of guys that are spread out throughout college football, guys that are in the NFL right now. Um, what a coaching tree Rick Minner had here right. and what an eye for talent he had. Unfortunately, what he didn't have was a huge budget. Um, and that's, that's why, why we those could guys, keep any of them. Yep. That's why those guys would move on. Right. But there was a couple of those guys that, um, along the way that it actually were in cincinnati left for bigger pastures greener pastures so to speak right ended up coming back they liked it here they liked the city of cincinnati all the things that you talk about in your your podcast and you know you being a west Sider, the you know the you know the way cincinnati comes together for their sports teams that brought guys back Mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a heck of a question, and I apologize for the the big names I'm leaving out because there's a lot of a lot of names. them right a lot of them there exactly. really is. But um, yeah, I mean, if you go to that Baltimore staff, um, defensive coordinator was here, um, uh, Wink Martindale. He, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 endless the it, number of people. It, it's ridiculous how many all we had, college football staffs. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, I, I, I remember me
1: and my dad talking about that. Like, man, what. Why can't we keep any of these guys? We got we, every year we're, we're we're losing coaches, and I'm like, well, I said, like you just said, they didn't they didn't have the budget to pay them at, at that time, but it, it yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. And, then, and I mean, we had to talk about Zach Taylor. I mean, I, I know he won not a Rick Bitters. Yeah. Well, Zach Taylor was was the OC. uh Tommy Teller was last year here, and, and yeah, he wanted so to come how, back here.
2: How about that story? He recruited Desmond Ritter. Yep, exactly. So mm-hmm. You talk about you talk about you know a small world, where mm-hmm. as my son likes to say, that's so. Blank in Cincinnati. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a small – I mean, everybody knows somebody. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fact that uh, Zach Taylor is here one year as the offensive coordinator, they needed a quarterback. He drove down at 5.30 on a uh, – we got there at 5.30 on a Thursday morning, I believe, worked out Des Ritter. Um, they ended up offering him. Of course, the staff got let go shortly after that um, to, to uh, Luke Fickle, to his credit, he honored the scholarship, and they went back and they re-recruited him, and right. they got Des to come here. And then, of course, he goes to the Rose Bowl and uh, and, uh, and comes in in the third series and right. hasn't come out yet, other than a yeah. few injuries along the way. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll never forget that that Rose Bowl. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh man. I, I say, I, I was like, I don't know if we won this or not. And then Desmond came in, and I'm like, woo me and my dad are watching. I said, I think we got ourselves a quarterback. <laughs> like, I, I like this kid. I like, that, that's pretty good. But I'll, I'll never, that, that, that UCLA game started all of this for, 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 for Luke Fickle and Desmond, all that, that game started this run, started the direction that the program is going in and I will never forget that game. Cause I mean, we went to the Rolls Bowl and won and nobody does right. that, especially right. a team from, from the, you know, the, the Midwest. I mean, cause you know, it, it was a late kick for us and, it was a late game, and and Des came in and and took took that game over, like you said, and, and has never looked back. Now, I'll get to this question. Roy, Roy asked me this yesterday, and I don't know it. He said, uh, he's asking, Tony Mason got UC in the top twenty five his
2: last year, didn't he? I, I I don't know. Do do you know that? I do know the answer to that, and it is yes. Um, so the story there, um, that was the year that I coached. We went nine and two. Um. We had opened the season at Tulane, beat Tulane. We went down week three, I believe, to um, uh, southwest Louisiana, which is now Louisiana Lafayette. And we actually lost the game there 10 to 7. We got hit with a aiding the runner call. Now you're probably going, (laughs) what in the world is that? Well, it's what you see every day, both in college and pro football now. And that is where the running back or the quarterback goes into the line of scrimmage and offensive linemen or running backs push in behind them and push them into the end zone, hopefully. Well, that was illegal back then. So we scored a touchdown to win the game. It was called back. We ended up kicking a field goal, and we lost that game. However, um, Southwest Louisiana or with Louisiana Lafayette had six or seven um, ineligible players playing that game, and they ended up having to forfeit their entire season. We won it. We were there wasn't many bowl games back then, but at nine and two, we were offered the it was the first or second year of the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, oh. Louisiana. And Coach Mason, the belief was that we were going to get an offer to go to the Sun Bowl uh, in El Paso. And he did not want to go back to Louisiana after being at Tulane and what happened at Southwest Louisiana and Lafayette. All right. So we waited and waited and waited for the Sun Bowl. Uh uh, opportunity and uh, it never came. So went nine and two, I think we got up the 22nd to answer the questions. The, the, the what, college question. what, what what year, what year was this? That was 1976. Okay. Okay. Yep. Cool. Got so, a- and, and the two losses, you're not going to believe this. The two losses were at Georgia Ooh. in Sanford stadium and at Maryland. Um, in the Georgia game was 31, 24. We were driving and had uh, the, uh, uh, Ball picked off in the, that end of the game, so we had a chance there. Uh, so yeah, nine and two in nineteen seventy six. Lost to Georgia, lost to Maryland, both oh, wow. on the road. Oh wow! All right, let's get to uh, see. Roy Flush Cherry says, if uh, Cincinnati gets
1: blown out by some miracle, are they eliminated from the college football playoffs next season as well?
2: No, <laughs> not that I know of. No, I mean I, I get where that question's coming from. You have to think that the Georgia game last year um, helped them this year, um, at least recognition wise. I don't don't want to say that it got them into the playoffs. It certainly didn't. Um, But the fact that had they got blown out by Georgia last year, um, you know, let's just say it was, uh, I don't know what, 31-7 or something like that. Um, I don't think they would have had the preseason rankings that they got this year. Right. Right. And secondly, down the stretch as they were, you know, as other teams were starting to fall and they were getting elevated as they continued to win, I think it helped them. I don't think it would hurt them. Um, Go back and look at, since the history of this college football playoff, look what happens, look what's happened and what's been the history in the one versus four games. I think I saw the other day that the margin margin of victories over 15 points. So there's been a lot of, I won't call them blowouts, but Mm – Games that really weren't in, you know, the, 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 uh, it wasn't in question who was going to win the games. Right. It was all the number one seeds, mm-hmm. which is, you know, where the Bearcats are this, you know, this year. Yeah. Hopefully they put that to rest and they're able to make this a close game and obviously able to win this football game. That would be great. And exactly. I think a whole lot of it's mental. Um, but if you look at, you know, what Notre Dame did a couple of times against, and I think even Ohio State against Alabama the one time, you know, the the fours haven't done well against the ones. Let's right. put it that way.
1: Well, uh, this this is one thing that that gives me hope, confidence that we're going to play good. Is that this team's whole reason for this year is is this this game? The, 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 they Desmond came back, Sauce came back, Kobe came back. All these guys came back to 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 enjoy this to to put UC on the map. And the thing is, I look at it this way, Jim. They got nothing to lose, you know. If they go there and get blown out, so what? Like you just said, Ohio State's gotten blown out, Clemson's gotten blown out. There's so many teams that you know are in the power conferences have gotten blown out. Okay, USC gets there and blo- gets blown out. Like, okay, and wh- what's going to irritate me though is people go if the- if that does happen, they get blown out. People go, see they didn't deserve to be there. I go like, no, 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 no. Well, uh, you can't say that when Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, all these other teams do the exact same thing. So I don't, right. I don't, I don't want to hear that argument that. Well, you guys didn't deserve it. That's bull crap. I, I, that's not true because it happens to the, the, the quarterbacks and correct. the power five
2: teams. Yep, absolutely. I think Washington made it once and got blown out, just got blown to smithereens. And, you know, and those are power conferences. The, everybody right. you name there, with the exception of Notre Dame because they're independent, is in a power conference. And you'd have right. to put Notre Dame at the, you know, at the level of a power conference. Right. Even though they're an independent. So, yeah, I mean, people are going to say that in – it doesn't matter, um, you know, and the only thing that, you know, that, that is going to people, you know, make people not say it is Cincinnati hanging in there and winning okay. the game or staying close. And, you know, that's what we want. And, yes. you know, the, the way this team's playing right now, if they get to the end of the game and it's close, they, they, they've got a really, really good <laughs> well, shot as long as it does come down to field goal kicking <laughs> well that's a problem right. yeah that that's the one thing that scares me
1: I, if we if yeah we had to no a that's kick, a serious issue yeah and they, well, you know i
2: think a- everybody's read um they knew that it's a problem they've gone out and they've got himself a kicker for next year but it won't happen it won't help them this year that's for sure so you know but the guys all three of the guys that they've used this year have good legs mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's been around kickers and this is not meant to be a joke and or um, not to be hurtful to anybody that's a kicker out there. Right. It it can be, it can be a mental thing to these guys. It's like getting the yips in baseball, you know, or whatever, you know, you just can't, you can't get it out of your head and you're you're picturing yourself missing it to the left and you do. Right. So they're all capable guys. um, And there's, there's time. And they're going to have to go with one of the three guys that they've used this year. And you know, hopefully, if it comes down to a kick, you know they make it. But you're right. The one thing that you can say about this team, and there's very little you can say negative about them, is that they're, that their place kicking, uh, you know, has not been good. Right now, one thing I'll say, we're talking about a
1: little bit a little bit about this uh, off air, is I think uh, this team has, has got to play the their they haven't played a complete game, I don't think, all year yet, all four quarters you know Desmond Ritter, in my opinion has got to get off to a quick start this team we've talked about this like the Tulsa game i i, I think you you said this on the air that you know we won the, the first and the third quarter and the and the second and fourth we didn't do anything and and it's like we came out of halftime there and, and scored on like it was nothing we we did that against against Houston i'm like it's a, there's sometimes i'm like where is that team and to me that team that came out at halftime in the Houston game we need that team all four quarters, this this game, and that that is a key to 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 playing with Alabama. We can't have any any lulls in this game on New Year's Day.
2: I would agree with you all the way, um, you know, about the closest they came to an entire game would have been SMU. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: and there were still some times in there where, you know, they had some three and outs and, right. and didn't move the ball that they, the way they did the, the rest of the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, and it's been it's not been, you know, you, you mentioned the Tulsa. It wasn't always quarter one, quarter three. But you know what? Against Miami it was quarter 1 and quarter 3. They were stuck in the mud in quarters 2 and 4. Now, in quarter 4 they were already up by 40 some points so I get that. Um but but no no you're you're absolutely right Jeff. There's been inconsistencies and I wish if I could sit here and tell you why that was happening, there's a whole lot of people smarter than me that would figure out how to not make it happen. Right. Right. Um, You know, part of it is the other teams, you know, they have good coaches too. They have scholarship players. They make adjustments during the game. Um, At the same time, you know, you you look at the Houston game that those first five minutes of the third quarter, it was unbelievable. I mean, you know, and part of that is, adjustments that they made but if you go back and you look particularly at the third touchdown in the third quarter which was jerome ford's 42 yard run um he made a really nice cut uh to get him to the outside to the edge to take Mm -hmm. that in the distance Mm -hmm. but the blocking was absolutely incredible Yes. yes um Lenny Taylor came in with a cleanup block. I mean, put a hole that you know. Look at us. You and I could have got through the hole. We (laughs) would have scored like Jerome Ford, but we would have got through that hole. Right. Um, You know. So there are some things that you wish that uh, you know there'd be more. They'd be more consistent at. But at the same time, um, they've given up very few long plays. The one against Tulsa. I'm sorry. The one against Houston. That guy was. That guy's caught 78, 80 passes this year. Right. He's a good football player. So people are going to make plays on you on the offense. That's where I think you'd like to see a little bit more. um, You know, you'd like to see some more consistency. The one thing is, though, they, you know, they are what they are. They're going to run the football. They're going to throw the football, but they're not going to be an all passing team or an all running team. Um, Desmond Ritter, you know, didn't get into the final four for the Heisman, but this is a team that didn't throw that much. You know, his numbers, his his. His percentage of completions was very, very strong. His touchdown to interception ratio very strong. But when they were playing SMU, um, the uh, quarterback there he had thrown 120 more passes than Desmond Ritter over nine games. Right. You know, so you're going to have higher stats. And I don't want to say it's a stats game because you could make the argument. The kid from Michigan, the defensive end who's mm-hmm. going to be in the Heisman, uh, you know, finalist. You know, he doesn't have any passing stats. But that being said, you know, they are what they are offensively. They stayed with it. And Luke Fickle said it. If he said it once, he said it, you know, two dozen times. We are what we are, and we're going to stay with what we do best, and that's what they do. Exactly. And one thing, one thing
1: I'll say, too, when you're playing conference games, Luke Fickle has been here. this is his fifth year. These coaches know what the Bearcats want to do. They they know that they're going to know what the Bearcats want to do better than. Well, I won't say better than Alabama because we got you know Nick Saban's got a month to 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 you know do a film study on the Bearcats. But these guys have played the Bearcats for five years, and Luke Fickle, so they know their tendencies. They know what they want to do. There's there's not a whole lot the Bearcats are going to do going to do to surprise them, except for which one of the greatest calls uh, you ever had, the Chili Special. That was (laughs) awesome. I love that call. I I, I give you props for that one. Other than that play, there isn't a whole lot of stuff they're going to do that's going to surprise these guys.
2: Yeah, that was a little of a surprise. And uh, (laughs) how the Chili Special came out of my mouth, I don't know. (laughs) That was awesome. Dan said the Philly Special. I'm just thinking, I know uh, Mo Egger, who sits behind us, has this big deal with Skyline, and it's like, heck, let's call it the Chili Special.
1: Yeah, it was great. I loved it,
2: it. It's great. Yeah. am still waiting for my free skyline, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, now you're on the Strawberry Ice Show, so, you know. They're, they're yeah, gonna, there you go. They're to definitely hook you up. <laughs> all right. Speaking of food, uh, Crip Keeper here says, uh, Jim, it, is the food at higher ground really good like all the players talk about?
2: It, it really is. Um, I don't eat there more than a couple of times this summer, maybe two, three times. But I'm telling you what, it is excellent. It's all home-cooked, every bit of it. The staff out there does it. They they love doing it for the players. The players love the staff. I mean, it is truly a love affair being out there. Um, and you know, I don't think they like being there. They'd rather be you know on campus where they or or in Clifton where they can you know get out for a night and you know I, I don't want to say get you know whatever you know what I mean they you yeah, know yeah, what they yeah. do in Clifton but um, <laughs> right that's but fun. <laughs> honestly, I have to I have to say you know last year with COVID it was, you know, it was pretty much something they had to do uh-huh. to keep everybody away and keep them, you know, kind of keep the, the bubble, so to speak, like the right. NBA did right. this year. They didn't have to, but I think what it did, it made them even closer and everything that we talked about on them being a team and what they wanted to accomplish in their goals this year, they were able to do and certainly being out there for 20 days, got things started for them. And to reiterate the question, the food is absolutely excellent. It, there's plenty of it. It's home-cooked. It's a variety of stuff. It's never like, oh, we had this for dinner. Now they're changing it. This is what we're having for breakfast, you know, the leftovers. Uh-uh. Good stuff. Good stuff.
1: <laughs> You're making me hungry. I'm a fat guy. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, another question from Crip here. He says, Jim, do you see – Nippert Stadium expanding in the next ten years for the Big Ten Conference.
2: Yeah. So back in 2016, when all of the uh, the first round of the Big Twelve came in, when everybody left us, our, uh, our yeah, when 12, we yeah. got left at the altar, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the there was a plan, and I I don't know that it got to the stage of literally, you know, drawings, architectural drawings, and things like that to expand it to uh, 50,000. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I don't believe there's any plans right now. And I would say to those that say it needs to expand. Um, if, if you were in the stadium this year for any of the awesome. seven home games, awesome. you realize how hard of a place that place is uh, to win. Uh-huh. That's why they're 26 and zero mm-hmm. over the last four years, they're 27 and zero. I think it is now. Um, so, now, adding ten thousand more would that be great? Yeah, it doesn't take anything away from that, um, but I don't know that it's going to happen right away. Um, that place is that place. Is, that is a gem. I love that. I love the gem. I,
1: it, I've said this. It is one of the best atmospheres in college football football. Right? And, and the best thing is, most. I've said this a couple times on my show. I think I might have said the last time you were on the show. Most uh, college football stadiums are not in the middle of campus. Right. This one is the gem. It's right in the middle of campus. It's in the hole. I mean, like my dad, my dad told me it's there because that was a natural hole when they first started playing football at UC over hundred years ago. So, th- so that's that's the way it is. And I mean, you could tell when they if you walk down the stairs, you know where they dug it down one time where the stairs go like this and then straight yeah, two down. Two times, two times. Yep. Okay, so th- th- I love Nipper. I-, I don't ever want them to have an off-campus arena. I- we we had it when they were. Uh, re, re, uh, refurbishing uh, uh, nipper that we went to Paul Brown and it's just not the same. Nipper yeah. to me is, you know, they can have the, the world's largest cocktail party or whatever they have down at SEC and all those big stadiums. Theirs isn't the, in the middle of campus in a hole. And it's just, it's just awesome.
2: Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, it, It's a weapon, you know, and to hear that crowd, on on saturday night i mean that's that's the loudest i've ever heard even the bounce house which is ucf's place right, right. it's really loud um and, and prior to this houston game well i I'll put the smu game in there as well but that ucf game at nipper two years ago um was really really loud too um but this week even beyond that and what what they were able to do and um there was a chant at the beginning that i didn't care for that the students were doing <laughs> now <laughs> That being said the right. Houston the Houston players were starting it right um, but that being said, it was um that that place is special it, yes. and, and Jeff, you're so right. it's right in the middle of campus it's a hole you you mentioned if you if you walk down the steps all the way, you'll see there's all kinds of different size steps and that is the two stages of where you know they had it it was a big huge field at first and they went down a little bit deeper then a little bit deeper to adam and it, so if you've ever been been to michigan it's kind of similar yeah you get to that, the yeah. outside of michigan stadium it doesn't look very high well that's because it's all down into the ground right and and it's I, the fact that it is in the heart of campus you can come from any direction and get to the stadium it, it's it, it's a special place it really is and um I'm asked all the time. I've been to like 93, 94 college venues, and you know, what's your favorite? And without a doubt, it's Nippert Stadium. So,
1: Absolutely, yeah. especially at, at Nippert at Night. It's I, I get goosebumps talking about it. It's I can't. People ask me like, why do you like Nippert Night so much? I, I can't really put it into words. It's just awesome that there's no there's nothing else to say it's just the atmosphere it's at nighttime. It's. it's just yeah it's everything
2: the noise and and i have to even say like the band has what they've been doing i mean it's their hundredth year and when they come down the steps and do all that i mean i
0: I, I get goosebumps when they run
2: yeah i'm sorry go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say it's very special it the whole thing is everything about it yeah, when when they yeah, start at the top
1: of the stairs and the and the, the horns hit, I'm like, let's go! And they start running down the <laughs> stairs. I'm like, I just like I said, I just get goosebumps watching, and that, that fires me up so much for for the band. And like Sean here says, he said having been been a member of the UC drum line, there's absolutely nothing like being on the field at the stadium. I, I that one, one thing I gotta give give Sean credit I and mean, all, all the members of the band. And I know we've had members fall before, but for them to go down the stairs and we've talked about how the stairs go down deeper and and they don't fall most of the time. I got to give props for that. Cause that's, that's hard right there doing that along with playing an instrument.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. Sean. Um, And I'm glad that thrills you because you guys, you guys bring it. And, but you're right there. I've seen people fall and I noticed, and maybe Sean can answer this question. um, I noticed this week, that there were several spots in the band section where some people uh, stayed in the stands, band, band members, ah. playing. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe it was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable running down these steps. And, and not that it's a problem. I I wouldn't want to fall there either. No, I mean, no, yeah, that, yeah. absolutely
1: not. And let's just talk about the, the, the atmosphere. Like, so we talked about the atmosphere at Let's talk about the atmosphere at the end of the game uh, for Houston. The, the crowd is rushing the field. You know, everybody's going. I mean, I'm literally going nuts here. Before I did my victory, lap. I'm I'm tearing up. I'm like, this is the the greatest win so far in Bearcat history. You know, we broke the ceiling. A group of five school is going to the college football playoffs. What was that like? I mean, for, for you, for Chip, for you, for for going to the school, for for being a former player, a former coach, the radio broad, broadcaster. What was that like for you? What
2: was that moment like for you? Um. Yeah. So. Let's let's frame it this way. It was extremely emotional um, because it was like everything that everybody has worked so hard for going back to, you know, when I played. So even 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 beyond that, but that I can remember um, it was for the guys that I played with and all the other players along with it, it was for you know my dad who coached there and went to school there and played there. My mom who saw a game there seventy six years in a row, wow, um, at least one even during the pandemic year who passed away in July. Um, I I couldn't I couldn't stop crying, um, yeah. and when I say crying, I mean I just it was I was tearing up, and I, I, was I have the pleasure and I do mean pleasure of sitting next to Dan Horde. and when he has time this wasn't a pick six that won the game and was a walk-off he has time to put his thoughts together and and have his thoughts come out in words and the way that he ended the game I I couldn't keep it together I I just I I just went nuts and I think my words were like that's it that's it you know it's over um and it it it, I mean goosebumps tears you name it I you know for the hundreds and hundreds of football players, you know, that went whatever, two and nine, nine and two, you know, even the guys back in 2009, that went 12 and 0 and went to the, to the sugar bowl. Um, This was special to every one of us, not to mention the fans, guys like Sean and the band, you know, I mean, those guys had been there. It, 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 it was, it was so special. And, and it keeps going and I'll never forget this year. And, um, you know, and, you know, you brought it up, Jeff. 2009, you go to the Sugar Bowl. Um, I don't know, and, and I think if you were being honest, you'd probably say no. Did you ever think you'd see a situation, where you would be back in a similar situation? In well, you know, it's, you're it's, you're it's, a young man, better. so I was going to say in your lifetime.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's similar. It's even better than the Sugar Bowl. So no, I mean, that's where I've said here that I, like I said, to enjoy the moment in Sugar Bowl and Orange Bowl, I didn't enjoy it as much because. For some, I don't know. I, I just thought, okay, we're at this level. It's going to happen. You know, it's something that can happen again. And once Kelly left, and, and nothing gets Butch Jones or the guys who followed him, we never got to that that ceiling again. So once we did this year, I'm like, I am enjoying this. And and the cool thing, let's get back to Saturday night for me. The cool thing about it was my dad was down here watching with me. And the reason I'm a Bearcat fan, the reason I went to the school there is because my father he went there, and for me and him to sit there and watch that game and to just enjoy <laughs> what they did is unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's something I never thought I'd ever see in my lifetime. So yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional talk about right now.
2: <laughs> well, the scene down there. So from the press box, um, the really cool thing was watching the stadium empty to the field. It literally looked like um, best way I could describe it. You know, an hourglass where you're watching the sand right, go right. from the top to the bottom. You could literally watch the crowd went like this when yeah. they were all on the field And because of the, uh, for me, because of the uh, the American Athletic Conference ceremony to the winner, normally I go to the locker room and I take a recorder with me and I record Coach Fickle's postgame comments. Well, in this case, we did it live so normally i have trouble getting down the steps because there's a lot of people there that want to talk to the players who line up around the wall in this case everybody was on the field (laughs) so i got to the field easily but getting from the field to where the the ceremony was um you're fighting through people and fortunately both a hamilton county police officer or sheriff and one of the uc cops saw me coming and they kind of cleared a path for me to get in there and i got inside the barricade uh, it was great. But then I ran into people down there that, you know, that I knew and everybody wants to take wanted to take. I, I was done since I was live. It was right, cool. Right. Right. And and they were all hugging me and everybody was crying. and It's <laughs> like yeah. this is the wildest scene I've ever seen. So, it, 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 it was it, it was unbelievable. It, it's right. etched in my etched in my mind and all good. All yeah. good.
1: Exactly, and like I said, after all that was done, I had to go do a victory lap. So hopefully, that's not my last victory lap here, running around my, my neighborhood. I no, hope not either. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's just unbelievable that where the Bearcats, where this program has come from, where they are now, what they have a chance to accomplish. And, and like I said, I just I never in my wildest dreams never thought this happened. I, I always thought we'd have a well. I know we can win a national championship in basketball, you know, because we've done it. So you knew that was a possibility. Football, we never. You know, we never thought it was ever going to happen, and and we're two wins away from a gym, and I, I'm I'm very excited. Now I see you got the uh, the 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 helmets behind you, and you yes. got the, the the red one there. So I, I'm I'm is that is that a game one a game worn one or is that just one you you get? Uh, it is it get? is
2: from this game from from the awesome. championship game. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yep, it's the matte finish uh, with the the red seat. You know, obviously red helmet and the seatbelt Yep. That yep. Is- Awesome. Now I know we were talking
1: uh, off air. And, I don't know um, if it's, I don't know if
2: it's been worn or not, but uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> either, way,
1: either way you got one. I don't care. I mean, I yeah. love all your, your football helmets. That's, that's one thing I'd love to have down here in the ice cave. I don't, I don't have any UC football helmets. I, I need to get me some.
2: But, yeah. So yeah, they're, um, you know, I, I, obviously I have an inside track to get some of them, but they're not, they're not easy to get. And particularly the older ones are really right. harder to find and, um, yeah, so yeah, I've got uh, I think nine or nine or ten of them now, and um, trying to collect as much stuff just like you've got there in your room, Jeff. Trying to collect as much as I've got. I've got yeah. uh, tons and tons of uh, press credentials on the wall there, and other pictures and things of that nature. And the the one thing that, uh, hang on one second, I'll get you this.
1: this is, I, I, if he gets one of, one of his helmets, that that's really cool. He had some really cool helmets last time he was on the show. <laughs>
2: One thing I'm really looking to get another one of is uh, yes, my rings. Yes. I got like go. twelve of these. Yeah, here's last year's. Nice. So, yeah, they're nice. I mean, yeah. nice to have them. So absolutely. Hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll definitely get another one. Hopefully, it's a championship ring. Oh my goodness! Oh, dude, I, I
1: will I will lose my ever loving mind if, <laughs> if that, if that ha- happens. I'll like, oh my goodness. All right, let's see here. Uh, Sean's got a, uh a comment here, and the uh uh petition, Patheon, I'll get it right. Uh, the greatest coaches at UC will Luke Fickle take the number one spot after this season?
2: Yeah, that's, um, you're going to get an argument only from the guys older than me that uh, it might be uh, Sid Gilman, um, who was an innovator way back. But um, Sean, I don't think there's any question. I really don't. Um, I-, I think, you know, and and hopefully this keeps going. And, you know, the, um, I know I read something today from it was in, in the, in real, you know, in some sort of, I don't know, the Columbus Dispatch out of Columbus. And, and they're saying is, you know, Cincinnati's real, but the minute Luke Fickle leaves, um, it, they'll go back to a very average team. And, um, yeah. So I, I think I don't necessarily believe that, to be honest. Well, I don't either. And that's one of the things that Coach Fickle says, you know, we are a top five team but we are a top 10 team. He said mm-hmm. we want to be a top 10 program.
0: And right. that's
2: where the continuity of the coaching staff comes in. But to answer that question, um, I, I would say without a doubt right now, he would be he would be the guy. And it's not like he's been here, you know, two years and had one big winning year. He's been here five years. Obviously, he's committed for another year. So we're going to have a sixth season with Luke Fickle, you know, unless for whatever reason uh, Ryan Day opts to go to the NFL. Yeah, that's the one I'm worried about. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not worried about it right now either. So that being said, um, I would say without question that Luke Fickle would be the number one coach, yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because he, like I already said, this is a bigger deal than what Brian Kelly did for, for us. I mean, we went to the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. We just won the Orange Bowl and Sugar Bowl. We are already, he's already made history as being the first uh, uh, power uh, group of five school to be in the college football playoffs. H- having a ch- chance to play for the, the national championship right there is an accomplishment in itself. And if for some crazy reason we actually beat Alabama, which, like I said, I, I'm not going to put it past us. I think we have no, a shot. I agree. It's. It, it, I, I, it's you can't. I mean, they should put a statue. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. That's <laughs> Luke, Luke Fickle. If he if he accomplishes it, this we should we should name the field Luke, Luke Fickle Field and then a statue. I mean, it's what he has done is, is unbelievable. And and the part that I love the most is he's actually turning jobs down to stay here because the two jobs I was worried about was Notre Dame and Ohio State. And sure. hats off to Marcus Freeman. I'm so happy for him. Absolutely. The, the coach of Notre Dame. And that, not just because he didn't take Luke Fickle from us, but Marcus Freeman is a hell of a guy, a hell of a coach. And I think he's going to do, do a great job there at Notre Dame. It's well-deserved for him. So I'm very happy for him personally. I mean, I don't know him personally, but just as the coach and and, and a man. But for Luke to turn down Michigan State, to, to not even really take a phone call from Notre Dame because he's like, I'm concentrating on, on this. That's how important, that's how committed he is to Cincinnati. And not to bang on um Brian Kelly and his family down there, but uh he left. <laughs> he, he left and his team still had a chance, quote unquote, to go to the college football playoff, and he left. Luke didn't. That's to me, is the character and the man that Luke Fickle is.
2: I would agree with you. Um he, he he's just first of all, and you, you what you said about Marcus Freeman spot on, he's a good man and he'll I think he'll do well there. He learned from Luke Fickle, both football as well as, you know, first of all, he was a good guy to begin with. But Coach Fickle's that way, too. He's a family man. He's, you know, he's spiritual. He's religious. He he has that focus. And that's what you were just talking about there, Jeff, when this was all circling. He knew that job was out there, but he was not going to take the blinders off to allow it to even enter into what he was trying to do to beat Houston. Nice. Um, you know, and it, it worked out well. I don't think... Even he would have seen when he and he's one of the ones that urged Marcus Freeman yes. to, to leave mm-hmm. um, because he knew that he'd have a better shot at getting a head coaching job if he was somewhere else an LSU, or Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Coach Fickle saw this happening, that he would be the head coach at Notre Dame right. within one year. Right. None of us did. No. But I don't think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame made the right choice. He's a great uh, choice. He's a great football mind and he gets along so great with his players they love him and he recruits well so i mean there's there's, there's not a downside i mean now again if, if they're sitting at 6 and 6 next year the people are going to question why i'm saying that right right i don't think that's going to happen i really right. don't Exactly. All right, Jim. Well, it's about 620 here. You give me
1: almost an hour. I appreciate all the time you give me. I know you got a gig uh, coming up Friday night. Go go ahead and plug that and then whatever else you want to plug. Sure.
2: So, yeah, I play I play guitar and sing, do mostly classic rock, some country. Um, It's a little hard doing it during football season. So um, I knew that wouldn't be uh, having a game tomorrow. At least I didn't think so. So I'm I'm playing at uh, MVP Sports Bar and Grill up in Silverton. Uh, Right on Plainfield Road, right near the corner of Plainfield and Montgomery, and I'm there from seven to ten thirty. Good food, good drinks, nice people, tons of televisions. There won't be any football on, I don't think, but uh, probably some uh, some college hoops and NBA maybe on Friday night. I think I think that's when they play.
0: So anyway, yeah,
2: come on out, or if you can't make it, um, just uh, jump on Facebook or I'm at www. You don't have to do that anymore. I'm at JimKellyMusic.com. So
1: sounds good man I, I, I look if i my uh work hours weren't so crazy i would i would definitely, definitely no be there but uh, i encourage everybody to to go to go there and and and, and uh support you and what you're doing and like i said I, I i appreciate you coming on the show this is this has been so much fun and it's just an and an awesome awesome year i cannot wait <laughs> until new year's eve and and like i told you off air i said if the bearcats win i'm not going to texas but if they win I'm going to Indianapolis. I might not be in the stadium. I'd love to be in the stadium, but I don't think I can get tickets. I'm going to be at a bar someplace close. If they win, I'll have my flag and I'm going to run around that freaking stadium. We win this thing.
2: <laughs> well, that part I know about running around the stadium. <laughs> so, yeah, we're what? 21 days from tomorrow away from the ball game. So, Ooh, I'm getting. Seems I'm like a say. long way off, but it's, <laughs> it'll be here before we know it. Exactly. Exactly.
1: All right, Jim. Well, I appreciate yeah, you. Thank and you, Jeff. You have a wonderful, wonderful time. Thanks for coming on.
2: Appreciate it as always.
1: See yep. you. Say bye bye. All right, guys. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed that as much as I do. Doggy, where you been at? Where you? I see you're in the in the chat, man. We were talking. We were talking college football the whole, whole time. Anyway, um, like I said, Jim Kelly is a great guy. I, I, I'm so happy that he gives me the time to call on my show. If you want to know Bearcat history, it's Jim Kelly. He, like I said, he played there, he coached there, he broadcast there. I mean, it's. His dad played there. I mean, he's, he's Bearcat 3-3. He just said his mom went to 76 straight games. So if you want to uh, know anything about the Bearcats, Jim Kelly is your man. So you guys can check him out. So go check him out tomorrow night at MVP. I like to thank the Facebook groups that let me live stream. They are Houdé Nation, Hude Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, Cincinnati Reds, riding third, heading for home the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Chernobyl. TikTok is at Iceman90. If you missed any of the show and you don't want to sit there and watch me for an hour, you can go check out the podcast. I'll be pulling a sign off later. I'm putting on that. It's on BeanPod, Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Play, Spotify—pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Leave more, leave a comment, so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, we're down a little bit here. We're at 1,416 subscribers. That's still awesome. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors about sports with Strawberry Ice. So hopefully, I can get to 2,000 by the time the Super Bowl rolls around. That would be awesome. I cannot wait. We got, I didn't even get into the Crosstown shootout. We got that coming up Saturday night, UC versus uh, Xavier. I reached out to Terry Nelson. I haven't heard back from him. I'm hoping to get him on the show tomorrow so we can talk some Bearcat basketball, some Crosstown shootout stuff, do some Herb Jones stories. Uh, so, Terry, if you're out there, hit me up. Hopefully you can come on. If not, it'll just be me and you, you guys, talking some Reds, Bengals, Bearcats. I mean, hey, that Reds because they're locked out. There's not a whole lot going on. But as always, as my boy, Jeremy Dimebag these Nuts likes to say, remember one thing and one thing only, and that is you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati. day, And that's your sports baby.
0: See ya! Let's go. Let's go. In the night, Ooh, stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly. Ooh, the beast is awake, orange, black, and white, cause when the jungle come alive, who they? We ignite and Strike, Cincinnati, we gon' rise and I. Strike, in the jungle we unite and I. Strike, dripping orange, and black, and white. Who they? When we fight, live and die in the strike. We got the beast every damn day. Is a Busted off the leash In the jungle dripping heat Tigers strike the city streets East side stand up West side stand up If you weapon who they? Time to put your hands up Dingle stripes we in it New day new age yeah we get it Cincinnati jungle fitted Blue day in our house we win it Orange and black and white